Hey everybody, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast, brought to you by Built Bar. Once again, go to builtbar.com, use the code Locked On, ten dollars off your first order. Fun podcast for you guys today. This past weekend, Connor Jones and I spoke, and we discussed, hey, who are the five best active male athletes in D.C.? We took into account the Redskins, the uh, Redskins, Capitals, Wizards. And then the Nationals, obviously, as well, too. Our question was, how many Nats are on that list? Who deserves to make that list? So if you're a big D.C. sports fan, this is going to be an awesome podcast for you. Also, um, always want to make some notes uh, about what's going on in our country. Obviously, once again, this podcast is an escape. But I just want to say kudos to NASCAR because, um, they, I mean, it's pretty easy to come out and, and make certain statements, um, you know, condemning the things that have happened in our country. It's hard when you know a lot of the NASCAR crowd is a bit more towards the shut up and dribble mode, and um, not that don't I mean they don't have an affinity for politics, but um, I mean it's a right leaning crowd. Let's just be honest about it. And um, I th- I thought it was powerful what NASCAR did, being able to come out and and um, pausing with the cars and the track, having you know the president um, had a NASCAR come out and make a statement that was overheard of the inter- intercoms, and it was a strong strong statement. And I think they knew it was going to frustrate some of their crowd, but um, you know, I know people cover NASCAR, and uh, they've been um, they were they were a bit surprised, but they said, "Look, it needed to be said." And um, you know, people are sometimes afraid to to um, offend their audience, and we've seen that with ESPN kind of leaning away from politics. Um, and I, yeah, I think people are trying to be a bit more careful about that. And so kudos to NASCAR for saying, you know what, no, I'm, I'm going to, we're going to come out and we're going to take a stand against this, even though it might frustrate some of our audience, you know, because they're they're here for the racing. They might not be here for, you know, political commentary, but uh, coming out in the West, thought that was strong. All right, here's my conversation with Connor Jones about the five best current athletes in our nation's capital. Enjoy the show. 3-2 to Suzuki. Kurt Suzuki! See you later! The Nats have won it! Seven runs in the bottom of the ninth! This is deep to center field. Bellinger's back. It's a grand slam! Howie Kendrick with a 10th inning grand slam to break it open. The former Dodger breaking hearts in Los Angeles. The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! The celebration is on! The Washington Nationals are the world champions! You are listening to the Locked On Nationals podcast. Your one-stop shop for news, analysis, and conversation surrounding your reigning, undisputed World Series champion, Washington Nationals. Now, here's your host, Josh Neighbors. Hello, everybody. Today is Saturday, June 6, 2020. My name is Josh Neighbors, and this is the Locked On Nationals podcast. Joining me today, Connor Jones. Connor, this is a this is a fun one. I was thinking about what kind of podcast I could do to include in some of the other DC teams. And I was thinking, well, should, we, should I compare nationals to other DC players, which I, I might end up doing, but I think this one's a fun conversation. Who are the best five athletes, who are the best five male athletes currently active in our nation's capital? So that's gonna go with the Wizards, 
the Capitals, the Redskins, and the Nationals. Those are big, big four. I mean, if there's anybody worth it on the uh, the on DC United or the DC Defenders, please uh, let me know. But um, I think it's a, it, once I got into the, kind of looking into it, I thought it was a pretty compelling conversation. Actually, like there's there's some good debate here about who should be in the list. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation. I think it's something that's also heavily opinionated in kind of a way of like how do you how do you rank certain things personally because it it can be really tough to compare athletes from different sports but I think it I think it's certainly an interesting conversation especially when you have two teams that have won a championship so recently yeah so uh, let's go through with who who was nominated because you have your five I have but but here's who I think could have was eligible to make the list from the Wizards John Wall and Bradley Beal right nobody else Correct. Yeah, I think that's not even an argument at all. Okay, the Capitals. I did some research on this one. Ovechkin and Holtby were the only two that I thought stand like like kind of career wise, like with the accomplishments, had had what it take to, took to make the list. Yeah, I'd say with the Caps, I think Holtby maybe should be in the discussion there. I don't think he's someone that I'd have particularly close to the top five. I'd probably have him closer down towards ten. Uh, that's where we're going to disagree because I actually have him on the list because, and I, I thought the same way too, but um, from the Redskins, Ryan Kerrigan's the only person who's, who's eligible to make the list. Yeah. He's that, not going to. It's really tough to find someone that's in the conversation from that franchise. I think we should give it to Kerrigan for the fact that he didn't miss a game. I mean, I guess what he on the team in like 2011 and he's 2012, 2011. And he has, he's played basically every single season, all 16 games, except for last year where he played 12. So I think he deserves some Iron Man um, consideration, but the accolades aren't there. From the Nats, I had four. I had Scherzer, Strasburg, Soto, and I'm going to give Zimmerman consideration for the, the duration of his career and what he's accomplished while being a national. Yeah, he, that's one where it kind of depends on what you value. Are right. you talking about the five, the five best players currently? The five, um, you know, does tenure come into it? Does does winning come into it? So I think that's where it can become an interesting conversation. I'd say it's fair for him to be a part of it. All right, we're gonna do our list now. So we'll we'll uh, start at number five. We're each gonna give our number five. So you go first. Who is number five for you? Number five for me is Bradley Beal. I think that Bradley Beal is a guy who doesn't get enough credit in the NBA because he's on such a terrible team, especially with John Wall not being out there. Maybe I shouldn't even call them a terrible team considering they're ninth in the Eastern Conference. It's not like they're they're fighting for the number one overall pick. Um, but a lot of that has to do with Bradley Beal. I mean, he's a guy that got robbed in the All-Star game this year. He should have been there, in my opinion. I think that he's someone that maybe later on he's going to end up on, on a winner potentially. I think Bradley Beal... Um, if he he may even be higher up the list if he was on a, if the Wizards won more frequently for me, but I think because of his overall talent level, the kind of player he is, the, the kind of season that he was able to have without John Wall out there, to me, I've got Bradley at number five. Yeah, it, it's it always does come down to what you what you value, right? And so like my list, he's not on it, but like I love Bradley Beal, but the, the thing is, he's twenty six and and he was injured in the beginning of his career, so. Um, while he's a star right now, you look at it, he should have been a three-time All-Star. He was only twice. Um, he's the first player to score 50 points in back-to-back games since Kobe Bryant did it in 07. He's averaging 36 points per game since February, or excuse me, in February, and he's the second-leading scorer in the league um, when it was obviously stopped. So, like, he's becoming, obvi- like, a superstar, 
But um, the thing is, like, we've only been talking about Bradley Beal as a, as a super duper star for a, a pretty short period of time. I mean, he didn't even get the, res- you know, he, he clearly doesn't even have the respect level around the league of people yet if he's only, a, a you know, didn't get the all-star team about this season. Yeah, I, I, think I mean, he, it's, it's absurd he didn't. But I still like, think he flies you know, he's incredibly still under the radar. I, yes. uh, not even just across sports, but even in the NBA itself, I think he's under the radar. I mean, I think a lot of people probably wouldn't guess the number of points per game that he's averaging, how high up he is on that list in terms of points per game across the NBA right now. Um, And I think, you know, if you're somebody that watches the Wizards pretty frequently, I mean, he's really the only reason to watch the Wizards pretty frequently, especially this year without John Wall. I mean, Bradley Beal kind of is carried the entire, he's really carried the weight of that franchise. And for, to me, despite the fact that there's still a strong chance they won't make the playoffs, he's done. He's really had a phenomenal year, and he's had a, he's done a really impressive job. Yeah, all you need to know is that Mo Wagner was like, I feel like we let Bradley Beal down on him not making the All Star team, and the answer is yes, yes, you did. Uh, he somehow somehow averages six assists per game on a, just a horrendous, the horrendous uh, cast of guys. So he's becoming that. But if I had to say at this point in time. My number five is Juan Soto, and is he's probably – I'm not going to say he's the most talented athlete in D.C. because I think Ovechkin is just like talent and uh, realizing talent personified. But, I mean, he basically – like whatever Alexander Ovechkin is, Juan Soto's on the track to be that. I mean, he was like the most horrifying player. He was the scariest player in the World Series on either team. He was the most frightening hitter against the Astros – he is tw- 20 years old at the time and was the scariest player. And while his accolades aren't quite there yet, and he's very young in this, his, I, I think he's just so freaking talented. And look, what he proved that he can accomplish, even despite his age, garners him being a top five guy on this list. I agree with that. And I actually have him at number four for me. Okay. Um, so he is on my list. I, I completely agree with all those reasons. Juan Soto, to me is a guy that's really interesting because you don't even know what the ceiling is. I mean, we know he's won a World Series. We know about all of the clutch hits and clutch home runs, but we don't even know, you know, how how far it can go because of his age. And, you know, but due to the fact that he's already got the championship under his belt, he's a guy that doesn't have the the tenure or experience um, like a lot of the other guys on the list or that are in the conversation, but just because of his natural talent level and, and some of the moments he's been involved in, to me, he's got to be a part of the top five. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you sports performance bar in the game today. Go to builtbar.com, use the code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off on your first order. Guys, Built Bar, they've got 16 flavors, they're all chocolate. Eight with nut, eight without nut. So there's something there for everybody. They've also got the Built Boost. Tons of vitamins and minerals in those sports performance drinks. You can have them pre-workout, post-workout. Help keep you going. Help you from, uh, stop from cramping. That's really helped me a lot. Not been cramping as much on the runs since I've been doing the Built Boost. Once again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use the code Locked On for $10 off on your first order today. So my number four, this is the first surprise here. I have Braden Holtby, and this is why. He is, like, really accomplished. Like, you wouldn't think about this, and wouldn't think at the age of 30, the Nash, or the Capitals, rather, are kind of, you know, thinking about giving him away. 
uh, or letting him walk, but he's a five-time All-Star. He won the Vesna Trophy in 16, so for that most outstanding goal, uh, goalkeeper. First team All-NHL in 2016, second team in 17. In 2017, the fewest goals scored against. And also, he's a champion, and he, he I mean, when you think about that, that series, Connor, that, that uh, Stanley Cup final series, he does own the most iconic moment from the series. I mean, the save is going to be, is, is you know, I'm tr- trying to think of a more iconic play in terms of um, just kind of the way it unfolded and the, the way it happened. I mean, just, it was maybe the most spectacular moment of singular, like, you know, of individual brilliance um, in either the Capitals or the Nationals title run. I mean, there's a lot of great moments in the, the Nationals, obviously, but you just think about what the, what the save looked like and what it did in, in that game, um, saving them the, the, the game that they really needed to win in game two. I think, I think he deserves consideration. I think it's a big part of why I am also very sneaky accomplished too. Yeah, he, he's a guy that has accomplished a lot. For me, his individual accomplishments aren't enough to crack my list. Um, obviously, you said the moment's iconic, the, the save itself, um, to kind of lock up that championship run. Um, so I can see, I see why he's in the discussion. I see why he's on the list for me. He's accomplished a lot, but I think if you look at guys across other sports and on his own team, when you consider Alex Ovechkin, there's guys that have accomplished more individually. And then there's another team that also has a championship itself, which kind of, which in my opinion also makes more Nats uh, able to be considered on the list, just like the capital. So then when I break down the tiebreaker, it comes down to, to the individual accomplishments. I think Colt B's accomplished a lot for me. It's not quite enough to get in the top five Bradley Beal. Um, I feel like his individual accomplishments, despite what his, what his team has been able to do, um, kind of gives him the edge for me for that final spot. Totally fair. Who's your number three? Number three for me is Max Scherzer. People might uh, three? think wow. he's a little, wow. he's a little um, maybe not close enough to number one, number yeah. one or two. Yeah. But for me, he's number three. I'm going to give you a couple of reasons for that. Um, he's a guy that's spent a large portion of his career with the Detroit Tigers. So okay. despite everything that he's done with the Nats, I think it's he may be um, someone where you only get seven years out of him, maybe six if they don't play games this year. And for me, my number one and two, are they're going to be guys that are going to be, they're two guys that have been in D.C. And, and will be in D.C. for essentially their entire career, if not, if not the entire thing. So that's where I kind of drew the line, and that's the reason I have Scherzer at number three. It's not as much about what he's accomplished, in, um, that he's accomplished less than the other two guys. I think you can argue he has accomplished as much individually. I give the other two, um, I push them slightly up higher on my list because um, all of their accomplishments will are going to be on the D.C. teams. So my number three is Steven Strasburg, and uh, he is there because he is a three-time All-Star, World Series champion. He was the World Series MVP as well, too. NL wins leader in 17, and LK leader in 14. So I think... The one thing that gives him um, a bit of a of an edge is that I would like like I think you could make an argument for him to be higher than three. Is that World Series MVP? It really obviously matters a lot. I like the fact that in 2019 he was World Series MVP. In 2017 he was the wins leader. In 2014 the K leader. So that just shows you 
a really good dispersal of those accomplishments, longevity, right? It shows you excellence throughout time. Postseason starts, eight of them, six and two, 1.49 ERA, 71 Ks and 55 and one third innings pitched to eight walks. Um, probably the best playoff performer. I mean, I, I think actually he is the best playoff performer, you could say, in, in all of Washington, D.C. Um, the reason why he's three for me is that he is not completely he, – he hasn't done the thing where it's like, you know, we're not year three or four of him being dominant, which I think we're going to get to. He's only 31. But when I look at Max, because Max is my number two, it's just the, like, it's the idea that you can book the fact that he's going to be in the conversation uh, uh, for the Cy Young, which in my opinion is one of the toughest awards to win in sports just because of the nature of the pitching position and, and the challenges it offers the human body and the individual doing it. So definitely deserving a three. I would argue he is probably, I mean, I, I say what you want about Soto, but like Steven Strasburg was, was the number one guy. I mean, he had all the pressure in the world on him. And he, maybe not every step of the way, but has been excellent. But in the most important moments, displays excellence and displays ability. Uh, he is dependable when the lights are the brightest. And I think that counts for a lot. For me, yeah. I, I have him at number two um, okay. ahead of Max. So I, I think that one's really close. He obviously doesn't have the individual accomplishments um, in terms of numbers in the regular season. As great as Strasburg's are, uh, Scherzer's are still a little bit better. The mm. reason I give Strasburg the edge is because he's been a guy who the entire journey has been in D.C. He's gone through kind of the ups and downs. He, he's really, I mean, he's had a, a lot of both kind of injury-wise. And then, um, you know, he's str- he struggled at times and then, um, obviously all the way to the highs of the last year's playoff run in the World Series MVP to cap off a year where he pitched the most innings in the league and won the most games in the league. But it's, it's not only that, it's that he has a new seven-year contract, so you know he's going to be a guy that's going from drafted by the Nats to pitching on the Nats as a 38-year-old. He's, and you know, no matter what happens, he's always going to be a World Series champion and World Series MVP. So to me, I give him the edge because Scherzer is a guy that's, going to be giving DC seven years, maybe a one or two more. Strasburg's going to be a guy that's going to be there for, for closer to 16 or 17 years. And I think what's, what's fun about this conversation is while Scherzer is the more accomplished guy and overall, it just is the, the, the accolades are there and the numbers as well too. I, you know, you and I talk about it all the time. I, I think the idea that if we had to pick one guy to go for us in a game between the two of and that we pick Strasburg, that does count for a little something, right? I mean, I think that's that's part of the argument. Yeah, I think that that counts some too. I think when you're trying to make a decision there, I think you'd obviously have to go Strasburg just because of what he's been able to do time after time in those games. It's still it's still kind of a tough call. I mean, when you're choosing right. between those two guys, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to make a selection. I mean, they're two of the best options you could possibly have across the league. If, if, and I think it's it's crazy too. It's just it's nuts how like how, how we, because I mean I'm gonna cut you off, but like you, you think about you like all the things that Strauss, that Scherzer's accomplished: seven-time All-Star, three-time Cy Young, four-time wins leader, three three consecutive K crowns, two no-hitters, tied the most for uh, most Ks in a game at twenty, and five straight seasons of at least two hundred fifty strikeouts. But like still, still it's like Strasburg doesn't have those things. But we still you know you you like. 
he's just so good in the biggest spots that you know he his I guess his ceiling might be higher than a guy who's won three Cy Youngs, which is really odd to say in the biggest moments. Yeah, I mean, if we were if we were ranking the top five pitchers in baseball, I'd have Scherzer higher than Strasburg. But if we're talking right. about the top five DC sports icons, that's where I I push Strasburg ahead just a little bit right. because I mean, you're who knows where that journey is going to end. But you know, it starts with him getting drafted, and then the the debut against the Pirates that that absolutely electric performance. So I, mean, I think there's just so many moments across such a such a long career that I think that kind of maybe the emotions of it push him up the list a little bit more. And, and, and yeah, just to make sure everybody knows like, you know, guys like Wes Unseld and, you know, aren't in this list because obviously like we're talking about active currently playing, um, currently playing athletes. I bring this number one, Connor. I mean, you and I are obviously going to be in agreement on this one. I think the, my question is the margin is like, do you think it's a considerable amount? But out of, Alexander Ovechkin at 34 is a 2018 champion. He's a three-time MVP. He's a nine-time scoring champion. He was just scoring champion again. Um, the accolades were there. I mean, obviously, the one thing he just had to do was win a title. And good lord, was he just a monster in those play- play- those playoffs, man? He he, you know, for all the years of not scoring, I mean, he basically made up for it in one point because whenever the, the the Capitals, excuse me, needed a goal, it seemed like the Great Eight would give him two. And he's the Kevin Durant of, of, of hockey, just a relentless scorer. I mean, the, he is a generational scorer. He's, there's never going to be anybody else like him. Yeah, I think in terms of margin, I think the margin may increase a little bit because the Nats players kind of split votes. Um, it, it's kind of like a Heisman where there may be two guys on the same team in the running that's, that cost each other the opportunity to, to come in first because you're splitting votes between guys on the same team. I think you associate Ovechkin individually with the championship, um, maybe you, like kind of in a different way than you would for any Nat. I think the the Nats championship, people think of it more collectively. Maybe I mean there's a lot of different guys that kind of stand out, and obviously it took a lot from the Capitals too. But I think the way you th- from everyone on the roster that is, but I think the way you think about it, you kind of associate that so much specifically with Alex Ovechkin. So you think, I mean, you look at his accomplishments. Um, I mean, he, he does it in the regular season. Then he was able to finally get the, the final feather in his cap of winning, the, winning a Stanley Cup. And I think, for me, it makes it, him a pretty clear number one individually at this point. Yeah, I think it was important, too, that he got it. Like, he embodies so much of what D.C. sports fans went through in terms of high draft pick when the team was low, a guy that we think we, know, we knew could, could succeed uh, – hit the wall like a lot of you know like a lot of the dc sports teams have and then got over that wall and i know the capitals did it too but like i think he's the perfect embodiment of all the pain and heartbreak that the, the you know the the, the dc has been through because he had so much success and then you know to after that i mean you know regular season obviously but he it was still coupled with so much postseason pain and to watch him succeed He's got the hearts, the minds. I mean, he, you know, it's weird for a guy from Russia, but he just seems to feel so DC and encapsulates uh, so much of what we love about, you know, the Capitals and um, that DC sports attitude of hitting the wall, hitting the wall, hitting the wall, and then finally getting over it. Yeah. I mean, especially for the fans that have kind of gone through it in all sports for so long. I mean, he's kind of the one that individually most embodied that journey, kind of like you were saying. And, since they were the team to really get the city over the hump, 
I think that also um, comes into play a lot. I mean, is is he was able to get over that hump individually? It was the same thing for the city um, winning a championship after after so many years of heartbreak. And he's another guy where we're talking about someone that's spending their entire career, hopefully on the same team. I mean, if he doesn't, he's going to spend almost all of it there. And I think that I think the entire, you know, the the arc of his career and the way that it kind of went the way DC sports kind of he was on the same trajectory that DC sports have kind of been as a whole. Um, And Mm -hmm. he kind of got associated with that failure for so long. And then being the, the star on the team to finally break through, I think for me, he's number one. He's probably going to stay that way for a long time. Um, I think also too. So, I mean, like to highlight my, my five, I had Soto at five. Holpe at four, three was Strasburg, two was Scherzer, one was one was um, Ovechkin, and yours was who again? It was Bradley Beal at five, Soto at four, Scherzer at three, Strasburg two, and Ovechkin one. Uh, um, one guy who deserves to be honorable mention, and you know he would have been able to if, if the team had treated him well. I, Trent Williams uh, would have been on this list if he was still around. Um, guy. I made seven Pro Bowls consecutively for the Redskins. Second team All-Pro at one point. I think, I mean, it's, it's criminal that he wasn't All-Pro more often. The team was sucked. And the team sucked and was not able to give him that opportunity. Definitely a guy, I mean, he's played 120 games, started 119 of them. He, he was a guy that gave the city a lot on a team that was really bad. But you could always depend on the um, professionalism of Trent Williams. And I think it says more about the Redskins that the professionalism of, of the team failed him. And failed us as fans. So I, I think Trent Williams, Connor, would you would you say he definitely would have been on the list if he was still around? I think it would have been. It, it, it's hard because he's an offensive lineman, so you don't really right. It'd be hard for me to put an offensive lineman ahead of Bradley Beal, somebody that going out there close to eighty-two times a year and is second in the NBA in scoring. It's hard for me to put a left tackle on a bad team in the top five, no matter how good that player is individually, which probably isn't fair to the player. But when you're talking about only five guys and you're talking about two teams that that have champions on it, it it kind of shrinks the list a little bit. So that final spot for me, I I still think I would give the edge to Bradley Beal, even if things had gone, even if the relationship between Trent Williams and the, the Redskins was perfect. I'll tell you what, I mean, you, you think about this top five and, um, you know, I'm thinking about the big cities. I mean, you know, how good would the one that, you know, New York couldn't give you a great one. Um, Philly would give you an interesting one. L.A. would give you a pretty decent one, I guess you could say. I mean, I think L.A. is probably the closest. But, like, in terms of the top five, I mean, D.C.'s, you know, the best five athletes in D.C. I mean, I'm trying to think of any other city where it's like, you know, L.A. would probably just give you. LeBron, AD, Kawhi, um, Clayton Mike Kershaw, Trout. Mike, Mike, Tra- yeah, I guess Anthony Rendon. I, I think that yeah. I still think that's the number one most loaded city because they've got two teams across, um, across right. The- Which is unfair. I mean, we're doubling up. Yeah, you're doubling up basketball. You're going to double up. You're doubling up football. You're doubling up uh, baseball. Yeah. So I mean, you basically double the teams, right? But I mean, if you if you you know, I mean, if if you're in a normal city or in normal circumstance. You know, and say, hey, you, you can only pick one of the football teams. You can pick one of the basketball teams. You know, you can pick uh, whatever it is. I mean, the DC five. I mean, you can't do much better than Ovechkin, Strasburg, and then Scherzer. I mean, the top three is going to be tough to beat. And then you know, the back end. I mean, you, 
to pick your poison with Bradley Beal, uh, Braden Holtby, and you know uh, Juan Soto there at the back end. I mean, I'm trying to think of the other big cities that would have a good five. And like, you even think about places like Chicago. I mean, Chicago couldn't even put a five like that up there. New York couldn't put a five like that up there. Philly's five wouldn't be nearly as good as that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that the top three and four, and I'd say even Soto's making it a top four that – um, and maybe maybe another year of dominance from him will will make him the clear number four for everybody. And I think right. after that happens, then you have four guys that are kind of that stand out above above everyone else kind of across the city. And I think that if you look at that four, it's really I mean, it's tough to it's tough for any normal non L.A. city where you have multiple teams across um, three different sports to to compete with i think that dc fans have gone through a lot of of negative times but right now despite you know what's going on or what has gone on with the redskins i think they're very fortunate to have two teams that are kind of loaded with star players and it's it's really a pleasure to be able to to watch those guys um you know play over the course of a season because most teams across across the league and all sports just you don't that's not the kind of team that you're used to watching with that kind of kind of star power and guys that have won championships. It's, it's weird. because I'm thinking about DC now. And I guess the one sad thing about this list is that there are no Redskins. And th- I mean, this is such a proud, proud, you know, a lot of people are proud of this, you know, to be Reds. I mean, being a Redskins fan sucks, but it, it means a lot to so many people that was, that was signified by, you know, the, the season ticket sales for years and stuff. And, um, it's just kind of weird to think about how the how the the team has gone from, you know, DC is a, it is a football city, like, but it's 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 regressed not in, in the sense of like football is king, obviously in a lot of places it's true, but the way DC has become a hockey and baseball city, it, a lot of it's just contributed to the fact that like there are no Redskins, like it just it's you know the thing about RG three is like we so desperately wanted to just grab RG3 and just never let him go. And the way it was just kind of flamed out like that, I mean, it's just, you think about the Redskins in context and the fact that they haven't produced guys that are stars. You know, a, a, a franchise that's won so many titles, unable to get a great coach, you know, or unable to get any great players that we hang our hats on and, and, and you know, look to and say that, you know, that's our guy on our, our city's favorite team. It's just, it's embarrassing. It's sad. And look, I'm, I'm really, I'm really impressed by the way that that baseball and hockey have stepped up and taken the mantle but it's it's sad to think about just the way that such a universally loved sport like football and such a universally loved team at one point the redskins just can't provide us things like a top five athlete in the city yeah i mean i think redskins fans in general have kind of checked out to agree and in large numbers i remember going to the i pulled the double header of going to the redskins patriots and then Nats Dodgers game um, that night went to both of them. I remember going to the Redskins game. One, it was eighty percent Patriots fans at the game, and two, I remember kind of just wanting the game to get over so we could move on to the baseball game. I mean, it just it just becomes such a non-factor in in your in your time being a fan, especially when you have two two other franchises that have have done so well that you're not going to spend that much emotional investment into a football team that's that's been bad for decades at this point. So I mean maybe one day the Redskins will kind of get that get back what they what they used to have, but I think that so many fans are tired of waiting on that and when when you're 
when you have kind of competition in your own city for for people's attention, it, it's tough when you have two teams that are doing so well. I mean, how how many fans are really going to kind of stick in and, and focus on the terrible NFL team? Yeah, it's a good point. It, it, one thing that's good too is a, a couple of young guys have made our list. So I mean, you know, at least you know, uh, and Ovechkin's got a little bit of time left, and, and obviously Scherzer does. You know, Strasburg's like thirty-one to sign a big contract, like you mentioned. Beal's twenty-six, and and so obviously he's just you know twenty-one. So some of those guys you know they're gonna um they're gonna you know as the list kind of gets down to you know as you go from three to five it gets younger but you know, it's, it's nice that we're gonna have some of these exciting guys to still watch uh, all right connor appreciate your time today it was fun to do it make sure you guys also go check out the locked on mlb podcast as well as the locked on fantasy baseball podcast all of these things are part of the locked on podcast network